Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Profound Pickleball Podcast. I'm Stephen Ron, and I have a very special guest today. And the best way uh, that I think we could describe this person is a pickleball enthusiast. I'm talking about Catherine Kim. Catherine and I have been trying to schedule this for a while. We finally got, got our time together. So Catherine, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Okay, so I use the word enthusiast because that's a word that you told me describes your approach to pickleball. Do you want to tell me what that's about? Uh, that's because you told me psycho was too strong. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that it's probably because um, like many people who get introduced to pickleball, they get bit and I got bit very fast and very strong the minute I started playing and I haven't looked back. Well, yeah, that that's, comes as no surprise for anyone who's met you. Now, one of the first questions I like to ask people um, on the podcast is, how did you get started in pickleball? Where did you start playing? Who introduced you to it? Um, anything uh, you want to tell me about? I call this the pickleball origin story. Oh, and I, I wanted to say something to that too. Um, I start. I first heard about it from my father, like many of us. It's like our parents talk about this sport pickleball and we think it's funny um and and then i was going through my at that point my boyfriend's gym and happened to pass by the basketball court and there was david callahan and uh -huh. alan bragman teaching lessons like beginner lessons so we were like oh let's go check this out this is that sport and um after that we went out and bought our Monarch paddles from Dick's. <laughs> I know, I know. I heard from your previous podcast. We're all part of the club. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, this isn't like trash. It's not wood, but it's not like, you know, the brand I use now, which is right. Selkirk. <laughs> Shout out to Selkirk. <laughs> So that's how I got started. Okay, so 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 the two people you mentioned are people that you know we play with you know, a good bit at Shaw and places like that. So I'm not yeah. surprised at all that their names came up there. And they are they are very common names, I think, in the Atlanta area, especially because they are just prolific. They're all over the place. Yes, they are very much so. So now, did you do any other racket or paddle sports before pickleball? I did. I played tennis all through middle school and middle school. I played at high school and then um, I played recreationally for country clubs that I was members of. And then when I moved to when I lived in Tokyo, I played for the American Embassy and I came back to the States and tried to play in Alta in Atlanta, but I just I didn't find the same level of just joy or you know uh, I, there's a there's a for me there has to be this balance of fun and excitement but seriousness and focus mm -hmm. and I found that Alta was a lot about like oh who can play this weekend and who's bringing the casserole and I, <laughs> I, I just I was like eh, I can't that do sounds like very this. familiar I played Alta for many many years yeah and we talked about it before like I have always been in a situation where I sort of had at different times dedicated partners that you could sort of train with and develop that teamsmanship that 
gives you a better um what do you got a better foot uh whatever i i don't know what how you say that um and i miss that i miss developing that yeah well um so the other the, the tennis do you feel like the tennis helped you has helped you in pickleball or hurt you because i've heard both people both sides of that from people here it, this is my take on it just my opinion but i think that if you have tennis in your background um or any kind of paddle sport or even badminton or whatever that it is very easy to kind of walk in as a very strong 3-0 absolutely or 3-5 even you know and because you sort of have court knowledge and a sense of just appropriate reception you know like how your body needs to move or contact with the ball but i think once you get higher up it can hurt you because you've got so much tennis or racket previous racket paddle um muscle memory and there comes a point in the higher levels of pickleball where you kind of have to just trust the pickleball philosophy and really surrender to the physics, mm -hmm. you know, and it's different. So that's where I think it can hurt you because I've seen players like Shay Underwood, who was a kicker, you know, super athletic, super strong, no paddle sport history, but, you know, he's killing it because yes, he's yes. just he's starting with as a clean slate right he doesn't have to unlearn stuff yeah i, I still find myself having to get out of a tennis mentality by something like overhitting certain shots right 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 the ball not appropriate to overhit um i'm you're trying to discipline myself you know out of that so pickleball or tennis did help me initially but it did or exactly you're saying exactly the way i felt about it, it, it there were some habits that i have had to overcome and still I'm working to overcome with it. And some we know some some of the same players who came from badminton that have a sort of a different game. Oh yeah. Their background that they've they've had different things to maybe unlearn. Um it seems like some of the badminton players that I play against tend to lob a lot more than anybody oh, yeah. else, it seems like. You probably know yes. some of the people I'm talking about there. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I recently played in Club Wars with um, Lily, and uh, she and I played. And, you know, one of the things I had issue with her is she would jump out and she's great at poaching, but then she would just stand in the middle of the court. And, you know, then she'd complain that I wasn't coming up, but I was like, girl, I don't know which side to come up on because you're right smack in the middle. And then it wasn't until the US, until the Olympics came on this past year, and I was watching that high level you know, badminton play, and they don't cover left and right like we do. They cover front and back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, so that's what's happening. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's interesting. And they, they hit so differently. So I, I like playing with badminton players, too. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, different. it's a di bit of a different game. Um, in pong players, you, it, you almost can just tell. Yes. Very risky, you know, shots yeah. you see from certain And they're players. very good at the short. You know the boom boom yeah. you know mm -hmm. yeah um so let's just talk a little bit about one of the things that you wanted to talk about was playing mixed doubles absolutely partnering in mixed doubles so you have some very uh profound thoughts on that i'm going to let you share with with us here about that well i predominantly will play mix um especially because i think part of the problem when you get higher up is 
the the number of women who can play at that level kind of tends to decrease uh, but there's plenty of men who play and um so i end up playing mix either with me and my partner my male partner against two men and you know sometimes against another mixed team um but i i really love it i think for me playing mix feels like a little marriage <laughs> and when i when I, as i've played in different groups and met different people i think in the back of my mind i'm always sort of Uh, like scouting for my next pickleball husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had a few. Like I've had a few and um it's like sometimes you know Steven like you'll play with somebody and it's it's almost like right away you feel this instant love connection where it's like wow, we just move really well on the court together. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally. And everybody it's like the sum of us together is greater than us individually and um you know i i've done that with different levels of players and it's been a joy like i like tom reed was one of my pickleball husbands and um john levinson who was a good friend of mine's husband who she was just trying to get out of the house <laughs> and like please introduce him to the game and he's a very high level tennis player um i was working with a fellow who played badminton and you know and now i'm working with a fellow named Brett Wilson who is amazing comes from tennis and i really i just i don't know i love the relationship and uh you know there's something about pickleball it's kind of sexy you're out there you're sweating you're grunting you got a paddle the first time i played with kenny i was like kenny i like to spank <laughs> Oh my goodness. Sure he really appreciated that. Oh, he did. He still does. <laughs> Which I wanted to ask, like do you ever do you ever feel like carried by the moment or you're so excited you just want a point or something and you just kind of tap a girl on the bottom with the paddle? Do you feel no. like that's okay? No, I've <laughs> never done that. Let me tell you where that comes from. Um, I've spent most of my adult life being an educator. Oh. Like what in what in what way? Well, I I taught uh, high school for many years and I teach at Kennesaw State now. And I did coach tennis for uh 7 or 8 years and I always very was very careful about how I behaved around my female tennis players. Yeah. I would never have dreamed of touching any of like patting them on the butt or anything like that. So I I stay away from that on the court these days. I'm very conscious of not doing anything. Like oh. and that comes well, from good. my education background, I guess. Well, that's yeah. probably smart. That's I I don't feel that. <laughs> Now, if it were someone that I I played with, you know, for a long period of time and we got to a good understanding about it, I might feel differently. But see, I've only been playing pickleball for about 4 years and I've not had any one mixed partner that I played for a long period of time with. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But if I did, then that that might change, you know, if we got to know each other better and we're comfortable doing that sort of thing, I probably wouldn't have an issue with it. 
Yeah, normally I have.、Um, I'll either meet somebody and I'll be like, "Oh, I really enjoy playing with this person," and then we'll play a lot together, and then we'll start talking about maybe a future tournament, and then we have the tournament as an excuse to continue practicing together, and、um, you know that. Relationship continues to get better and better and better. I will say also, you know, I learn things in being with these different male partners. Like,、um, I remember the first.、Uh, believe it or not, sometimes I can be a little bossy on the court. No, <laughs> I do like to tell people what I like. <laughs> Lucky for me, most of the guys I play with are happy to accommodate. <laughs> <laughs> so, I remember、um, the first time I played, and it was with John Levinson, and、um, we were playing, and there was a short ball, and he yelled at me, "Get it! Go get it! Get it! Get it!" <laughs> and like it resonated within me, like I felt like. I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, it's like just having that extra, like, voice encouraging me to do it. I was like, oh, you know. And I think some women might be put off by that, but I didn't mind. I liked it. Yeah. I was like, okay. And in fact, I started telling my male partners to go get it. <laughs>、mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think it's a good thing because sometimes when you hear somebody do that, it kind of gives you that extra oomph. So you actually go for something a little harder than you normally would had you yeah, not heard that. Get, get more of an adrenaline rush, maybe, and a little bit more you know, oomph or whatever you call it, you know, to get to that ball.、Um, yeah, so I know exactly what you're talking about.、Uh, but like I said, I just haven't had a consistent. Mixed partner. Why is that, Stephen? Do you avoid playing with、yeah. women? Because、oh, I'm、yeah. telling you, I've met some people, and, and you know, most of them like are very nice. I think that's very flattering. So,、um, but I can also understand why a lot of men don't like playing mixed. But it seems to me that in pickleball, especially more than other sports,、um, that mixed. Play seems to be the most popular form of it.、Mm-hmm. I enjoy like whenever, playing mixed. Don't get well, me wrong. Well, when when I go into tournaments registering and stuff, the mixed divisions always seem to fill up the fastest. Yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of people like in a tournament, they'll maybe go, maybe they're going to play men's doubles or women's doubles, but they'll also play mixed because they want to. If you're going to pay a tournament fee and maybe drive out of town, they feel like they want to play multiple events. Yeah. So mixes, you just grab a partner, you know, for mixed.、Um, but I, I to get back to your question, I, I, I love playing mixed.、Um, it's just that for whatever reason, there, like you said, there aren't as many women maybe who play at the at the four O plus level, I guess. But I love playing with people like Sarah O'Brien, you know, Laura Kochenauer, Teresa Teepley.、Oh, yeah. You know, I love playing with with all of these ladies. Um, I've and, just and, often heard. I've also often heard that men, the men who don't like to play mix, they don't like it because, you know, they feel like they never see the ball, you know. Which that can I, happen in men's doubles too, though.、Yeah. I mean, you, you play with certain people, and and I've been on both sides of that. Sometimes I've been one that people would avoid, but I've also been on the other side where I'm the one who gets targeted. So that can happen in men's doubles, women's doubles, mixed doubles, and that's just part of. The way things run in pickleball. Now, in recreation play, you may not see as much of that. But if you're going to play like a, a round robin that's being scored, 
you know, and there's motivation to win or tournament play, obviously, you know, there's going to be more targeting of the perceived weaker player. Um, but I've, I've experienced both of that in men's doubles. And I've been on the court plenty of times when I, even when I was living in Macon, when I was learning to play, there are a couple of women players down there, uh, Cindy and Blanche, that when I started playing, they were way better than I was. And so I would play mixed doubles with them and I would be targeted. They were targeting me because I didn't know what I was doing yet. So I understand the dynamic and just that, you know, when I, when I play mix, I always enjoy it, but I just haven't played as much because again, there's not probably as many people, many females that I know that, that play, you know, in the area at the level that I typically play at, I guess. I believe that. I, I also feel, you know, it's also interesting to me that, um, uh, speaking about that, that in pickleball, like in the mixed format, it's almost acceptable. It's very chauvinistic. Like everyone knows that we're going after the girl first. You That's know, sort of like, the default position in, in mixed doubles, doubles, yeah. Yeah. And for me, <laughs> It's like, I I like watching, but I have had other players who specifically like playing with me also because they're working on poaching, mm -hmm. right? Which is great. You know, I, I think that's an awesome skill to have. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something to think about. I think if you're thinking, oh, I don't like playing with girls because I never get the ball. Well, go get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are ways to mitigate that yeah 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 um, absolutely and there's ways to use the predictability oh they're they keep going cross court or they're going right after her let me wait for the right height and just go in and burt that yeah yeah well in in rec play i'll be on the way i approach like rec play especially is in rec play when i'm playing against a team even if one is one person is noticeably weaker i'm just trying to hit the best shot wherever that goes sometimes it may go back to the stronger player but now in a tournament situation then the attitude does change a bit because you're going for a medal or you're going for a ranking or something like that then i'll tend to pay more attention to hitting to the weaker player but in yeah. general rec play i'm out there to have a good time and work on my game and work on the overall thing so i'll yeah. just hit it anywhere where i think the best shot is that's no i think I'm that's doing. good I, and for me, I will tell you, like, especially coming up in the circles that you and I have, like at Shaw, like in the beginning, you know, when I wasn't like a super great player, uh, I was, I would say I probably compensated a lot with my speed and flexibility, um, but I got a lot of reps in, you mm -hmm. know, just because I was the target. And I think everybody in my mind and in my heart for all of that because you know that's part of why I'm as good as I am today you know I just and what I will say that sometimes when I play with women even sometimes men like um I one of my biggest pet peeves is when they see a ball like maybe a little bit high and the other person's about to attack and they just turn their back to it or they just walk away from it you know it's and i'm like well that's a hundred percent you're losing the point right <laughs> whereas if you just stand there and you know put the paddle up somewhere you might get it or yep. they might hit it out or they might hit it in the net but 
you know, when I have a partner who every time there's a threat of a ball coming back hard, they just walk off the court or turn their back to it. It's like, it's a little deflating for me, you know, because I know I'm five foot two and a buck 10. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you're going to stand in there. Your partner better be standing in there too, right? Yeah. Like, imagine like like when Rich Peace comes across the middle and is about to slam yeah. one. I mean, don't you want to just hide out somewhere under the bench? But no, well, you stand in there and see, you know, maybe he'll, he'll, you know, maybe you can, you know, deflect it or something back or you never know, right? I will tell you, one, uh, one of my earlier pickleball husbands, John, he did that because I think he was not so used to it. He was very good at tennis, but I think with tennis, you have a little more space. You know, it's not like pickleball where you're like 14 feet away from somebody who's about to ram a pickleball down your throat. And he would just walk off and it would just annoy the crap out of me. And unfortunately for him, that particular day we were playing, do you know Warren Robinson? Yes, yeah, I've played Yeah, he loves to hit hard. Yes. He was on the other side and I told Warren, I was like, you aim everything at him. <laughs> everything at him you know because i think not only do you have to feel like you can survive that but you also have to take a few shots and know okay well that wasn't too bad yeah you know? and it doesn't hurt as bad as a tennis ball does i'll tell you that but i will also say that um i got hurt and hit a lot more at the 3035 level mm -hmm. the higher up you just don't see it and and I, I've heard Gary talk about it before that, you know, at that level, you should have enough control over the ball. There's so much space mm -hmm. that you can hit a winner without hitting it at somebody's throat or face. Yeah. You know, sometimes it happens, you know, there's a miss hit or it ricochets improperly. But for the most part, I, I don't I don't ever feel like that. But I will say that when guys hit very strong winners from across the court and, you know, they do it in a very safe way, I always thank them. I don't know if they know why, but I'll always say, hey, thank you for that. Yeah. Even, you know, losing the point. Cause I know that's a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if, if you look at like lot, even a lot of the professional players and like 5-0 plus players, when they put balls away, they're usually going at people's feet, it seems like. Yep, yep, you know, yep. You, Cause you know, that way, if you hit it at somebody's feet, it's almost impossible to get that ball back. But if you hit it higher, they may get that paddle because it's the paddles up at a higher position. They may just be able to deflect that ball back or block it or something. But if you go at their feet, what are they going to do if it's at their feet, right? So yeah, you know, can't that, beat the feet. Yeah, just almost a, almost a guaranteed winner when you go at the feet. So that's what I try to do when I have a high ball. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to go at somebody's feet, whoever's closest to me. Usually, their feet are usually my target on them. That's yep. usually what I look at. Now, if I have a cross-court shot where it's like total wide open, you know, if they're not covering that, I may go that way. But if it's, you know, a crowded environment, the feet are my first place to go. For me, you know, I've always known, like, get... it's a weird thing. I'm always fascinated when I meet other women who are slight in figure and can rip the ball, like Suchet, or, you know, I was just watching the US Open and there's this little girl, Fernandez, who is like killing the ball. Mm -hmm. And when I see women like that, like I expect a strong ball from somebody like 
Christy Kine or even Laura, you know, they look like they can like deliver, right? But I'm always like fascinated by the physics of that. And, and I've worked on it. I've increased the strength of some of my shots, but I've come to realize that I have to play smarter and not harder. So a lot of times when I'm hitting the ball, I'll tell my partner, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go for placement. I'm aiming at feet. I'm gonna try and get the stronger player off the court or I'm gonna hit angle shots uh, that they can't get to. But, you know, if I can get them to pop it up, I need you to put it away. Yeah. Well, I, I usually tell my partners that if I'm playing well, you're gonna get a lot of high balls. <laughs> I'm trying to set up my partner. Yeah, yeah. Low balls, angles, that sort of thing. Um, I, I tend to try to be more of an assist person. If you go back to another sport metaphor, like in basketball, I'm, I like to make the pass, let my partner do the dunking, you know? Um, like when I play with Rich Peace, you know Rich very well, right? Rich, oh, yeah. hits, who hits the ball harder than Rich does? So I, I should be setting him up for those hard shots. And I love doing that. Yeah. I think part of th that was part of the reason why like Tom Reed and I worked so well together. Like the oh, yeah. first game we played, we were like magic. And I just like, I fell a little bit in love with him. <laughs> and, you know, you do that. I think when you have great partners, right? There's like a little bit of, oh, pickleball crush. And, you know, we played really great. I think I surprised him because I would just scramble and get stuff that he didn't think I would get. And, you know, he loves to put stuff away. So we were a good team. <laughs> oh yeah, he has long arms and yeah. coaches so well. I mean, yeah, he's he and I played um, one of the Shaw uh, divisions that I won one time. One of the tournaments was with him in the final. Oh, good. Uh, when I got him in the final, I was like, okay, we're going to do well here because I'd been playing well that day, you know, setting the ball up for my partners. So yeah. when I saw that we were going to partner up in the finals. I was like, okay, we got this, and sure enough, <laughs> won it pretty easily. Oh, that's so good, Steve. Yeah, he's great to play with. He's, yeah, he's he is the kind a of player team. I like playing with because he, he does get so much. And like, he's so, that's such a big wingspan. He knows when to go. Um, he's very smart about it. Um, yeah, another player I like playing with. And I'll tell you this about you, Catherine. First time I remember that we, I don't think we played together the first time at Shaw. No, because no, I, 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 I remember we played and you were playing with Mark. And then, but after that round robin, when we were still being able to pick partners for the next one, I remember thinking, oh, I want to play with Stephen Rom, you know? Well, I'll tell you, the, the time, the first time that I played against you, I cannot tell you how many balls I hit that I thought I had winners on. You kept getting them back. <laughs> Who is this little dynamo over here running down every ball that I'm trying to put away and I can't put the ball away? I don't remember who your partner was that day, but I finally decided, you know, I. I just got to, it wasn't so much that I wanted to hit uh, the other partner. It's like, if I'm going to try to hit a winner, you're going to run it down anyway. So why am I wasting my time over there? I'm going to go back to the other side. Here. That happens a lot. So I find that for me, what happens is um, I get the initial attack, you know, as Tom likes to say, hit to the girl. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the default position. In mixed yeah. Uh, but what happens is, they'll see that I'm extremely steady. I'm like a wall and I'm going to get it back. And then my partner is going to be right there filling in the gaps. And, um, and then it starts to shift a little bit and then it'll go to the other person. And you know, the interesting thing too, is the other day I was playing with somebody and it was a guy 
and um, he wasn't, I think, quite as good or as consistent as I was. And of course, at first they were all coming to me, but then they started coming to him. And, you know, I, at one point I just kind of talked to him and I just said, you know, I, th I think they're hitting to you quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I could just tell that it really was a shock to his ego. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like he didn't like hearing that. And, you know, uh, I all, I, it was a little bit weird for me because I always know they're coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't take offense to it. I'm just like, bring it, you know, I, I expect that. But the fact that, you know, he took offense to it, I, I thought, oh, this is a different experience. Yeah, now the, the male ego is, as you know, a very delicate thing. It's a very delicate thing. <laughs> but like if, I, if I'm, let's say, if I'm playing a mixed doubles match, let's say with Christy Kine, okay? If you want to target Christy Kine, be my guest, because she's a yeah. Okay, so if, if you start targeting me, I'm not I'm, I'm ready for that because you're going to figure out pretty quickly she's going to kill you. And so you better start coming at me some if you hope to win some of this match. So I welcome that with her. Absolutely. Or with a player like that, Laura, you know, people like that that are just so good. Yes. I, I got some of that from tennis because I, I was fortunate that in tennis, I did play with some really high level women players. And so I would often get targeted because they knew better because the women yeah. were better. But you know what? I mean, Stephen, in the in the grand scheme of things, like I look back on it and I'm I'm just grateful, you know? Like even when I started playing at Shaw, I was so grateful that you guys would play with me and I, I don't know, I mean, every day, every time I went out there I, I got better and I learned. That was obvious by the way. Oh, well you. you weren't the only one getting better, but a lot of us were getting better. Um, but it was obvious that you certainly were getting better. Um, and your speed was always the constant thing. I remember just not being able to put the ball away against you. For, for, <laughs> I will tell you, do you remember, you know, there there was one match where I, God, me and Robert Patotsky, who, you know, covers like that much court. Maybe not quite <laughs> as much speed as you have. Yes. <laughs> and we were against Katrina and Terry, you know? Oh boy. <laughs> and like we were down and then we caught up and then we got ahead and then we got down to our last point. And they just like Katrina and Terry just kept slamming them at me and slamming them at me. And I just kept getting it back and getting it back until finally one of them mishit it and mm -hmm. it was out and then it was our game. But at that point, like there have been times, I don't know if you've experienced this, Stephen, but there have been times when I know I battled and oh, yeah. and when it's over, it's like I, I, like I feel like crying. Like I literally feel so much relief. It's, well, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the questions I like to ask people um, in the podcast, it's usually one of the, the sort of the final questions I like to ask is, if you could isolate one thing about pickleball, if you can do it, what would be the thing that brings you the most joy about pickleball that you enjoy the most? Can you identify one aspect of it? If you can't, that's okay. You can mention several, but is there one thing that just keeps you going out there more than oh, anything? You know what? I think I can. Okay. And I think it's the fact that anything can happen mm -hmm. in pickleball, you know? 
it's like I've had moments when <laughs> I've learned by now the kiss of death is to go on a court and see two people who don't look like they can play <laughs> you're like I got this and then they crush you you yes. know and and then I've been on courts where I've played against people that were solid four fives five O's and I've won so it's yep. this thing that you know and, and you can probably apply that to just about any sport but for some reason with pickleball it just seems like that's when it happens and you get that unexpected win where all of a sudden every time the ball hits the net it falls on the other person's <laughs> side or every time you hit it close to the line it hits the line and not outside the line you know it's just it's beautiful like that yeah yeah, yeah. i love that yeah that's and I, I, again i will say i do i i love the mix you know i love having those little microcosmic relationships with my partners who mm -hmm. you know we're in it we're, we'll have a great point we're both covering and we're just battling and we're working together and it's just the epitome of cooperation and symbiosis in its best form right yeah. mm -hmm. and um you know you win together you lose together and it's great. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's 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 one of the best answers I've ever gotten to that question. I got to tell you right here, Catherine. Oh, thank you, that, Stephen. That's awesome. I'm yeah. going to believe you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've had some really great guests and it's always great to hear how people approach that question because there's so many ways you can go about your favorite thing about pickleball. Everybody's got a little different take on it. But um, like several of the people have said, you know, the, the socialization, the uh, community around pickleball. And, and you and I know for a fact that that's a huge thing that most pickleball players experience is that sense of a, having a tight knit community where, you know, people enjoy playing together. And yeah. it's like pickleball is, is, is unlike any other sport I've ever played in that regard. It's really so is. true. It's so true. And you and I are part of like different families, if you will, of pickleball in different areas. And, you know, um, like recently I went through something with, uh, you know, the Shaw group that like really like saddened me to my core. And I'm sure, you know, some people could say that I was being oversensitive or whatever or making a big deal out of nothing but there's something so sacred to me about like that group and other groups too but uh, I don't know I mean I I just love those people I, I, I adore Kenny and um, to feel like something in the culture was getting muddled yeah it hurt me and I didn't like it. I didn't like it for me and I didn't like it for Kenny. And it made me really realize how, like from a social aspect, you know, we all come into it. Some of us are married, some of us are not married, but that little round robin that we do where we're all together, we're 
ourselves. We're our competitive pickleball community and you know, we might have little issues with one another, but we're just playing, we're having a good time. That's our thing. And um, when, when that got a little bit off on a tangent, it just, it, it almost felt blasphemous. I, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, yeah, it was something that happened that's not a typical thing in a pickleball community. And I think most, for the most part, it's pretty much um, blown over, hopefully. Um, and hopefully we'll be seeing you back around sometime pretty soon. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I will come back. Guys like you and Kenny and the other guys that are out there. I mean, of course. And I, I do feel a little bit of, I don't know, I, I, maybe I'm making a bigger deal out of it than not. But I do feel a little bit of obligation to keep a little female energy in that group. It's very male dominated. It sure you know? is. We, so, we need you back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's nice, you know, to have a woman who's out there and you guys work on different things. Because I know I play differently when I play with a woman and, you know, than I do when I play with a man. And I think that's good. You know, you and I have talked about this. We have to play. You can't just play with the same four or five people over and over and over. You're not going to get better like that. You have to expose yourself to different paradigms and different dynamics to really stretch yourself and grow. Absolutely. No, I don't know. I like it. Well, <laughs> no. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, like I say, we're looking for. I, I haven't been playing much in the Shaw Round Robins much lately myself because of my job situation but um hopefully that's <clears throat> gonna be a little more flexible coming up in the next you know few months or so we'll just sort of have to see on my situation but even if, if that doesn't work out um i do I, I need to get to hammond park and play sometimes i've never been to hammond you and i hear you're the know. queen of hammond park isn't that true you just let me know. I'm, I'm probably the nicest person out there. Yeah, yeah, okay. there, there, are, there are lots of very nice people. They're nice to the other members. But if you're not a member at Hammond, it could be tough. That's okay. So, I got thick skin, you know. I know you do. So I'm just going to tell you, like, the next time, if you have a chance and you want to play, you just tell me and you can come in as my guest and I'll be there with you. And then we can finally get our redemption. You're gonna Sounds love great. It. That will sound Yeah. Like well, yeah, but it's it's different though you know portable nets yeah i'm, I'm you know I, that's how i learned to play on portable nets and I, I still play some places around that do that too well Catherine, let me tell you it's been awesome having you on the podcast um i can't thank you enough for being with me today any final thoughts you want to share before we sign off here um I just want to say that it was an honor for me to be interviewed by you, Stephen. An Ron. honor, wow. It was an honor. And I feel like, you know, even though you're this big hotshot podcast interviewer. Yeah, I'm a big hotshot, let me tell you. I've only known you as like this um, pickleball uh, fellow enthusiast on the court. Hello. And a little on the quiet side. Right, a little on the quiet side. And I think that people have probably no idea the complexity and depth that is Stephen Rom. <laughs> well, you know, I gotta keep some mystery about myself, right, Catherine? Very mystery. Gotta yeah. maintain my air of mystery. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, anyway, um, like I said, thank you very much. Um, we're gonna go ahead and sign off now. And Catherine, I'm gonna extend to you you have a permanent invitation anytime 
you want to come back on the podcast to talk about anything else that might come up, you know, with pickleball. Um, I've not had anyone become a two-time guest, so you could be the first. You never know if you want to join me again sometime, okay? Stephen, I would love to be your first. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and with that, I think we will uh, end this unusual podcast. Um, but seriously, thank you guys very much for joining me today. And Catherine, I hope to see you out on the court soon, okay? Oh, always. Right. Thank you, Stephen. Bye-bye.